This episode is sponsored by Podcast Movement 2016, coming to Chicago in July. Keep listening for more info on how you can join us. You're listening to the Podcast Movement Sessions. What's a podcast again? A podcast is if you have a black friend, that's cool, but you're also probably racist for having one black friend. This is Podcast Movement Sessions. I'm Brian Orr. And today we're going to talk about an important subject, one that's definitely serious, but... Heaven and Tracy of the Another Round podcast do a great job of kind of lightening it up a little bit and being able to talk about something that's difficult, especially for a middle-aged white dude like me to talk about, and that's the subject of diversity. I spoke a little bit to Podcast Movement co-founder and primary organizer Dan Franks about my feelings about doing this episode about diversity, which is that overwhelmingly I just feel guilt. It's not unique to you, that's for sure. Uh, you and I were totally in that demographic that I guess if anyone is to feel guilty about this conversation, it's the white American male, right? We are the majority, especially when it comes to the podcast world, the public radio world. The white male is that majority, and, and I would call it a dominant majority. Alex Bloomberg on Startup this week, he had the same conversation about internally at Gimlet. We're mainly white males. We have three females on this large staff. We have, I think, two or three minorities on this large staff. We have two or three that are homosexual. So the vast majority of people are white males there on staff. And they had that same conversation. And I think it's it's interesting. And Heaven and Tracy, they do have this conversation a lot. And I think it's good. They're not afraid to just bring up the conversation. You and I, we are the majority. So I think it's normal for you to feel uncomfortable and me to feel uncomfortable as well. All right, you ready, Tracy? I'm set, I'm set. Let's go, let's go. So as you guys know, I'm Heaven. This I'm is Tracy. Tracy. And this is another round of Heaven and Tracy. Um, we have been doing this only for a, a short five months. Yes. Six, almost? Yeah, no, something like So that. we're very new to this, and I don't know how much we're going to change your minds about everything that's going on in podcasting. That's a lot of pressure. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure. But we'll we did want to take a little time to talk about how we think about our show and how we think about diversity on our show, because that is something we're asked about all the time. I wonder why we get asked about diversity all the time. I wonder why. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with the show, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, <laughs> um, we're happy to give you a short summation. We talk about race, class, gender, pop culture, over lots of bourbon usually. Yes. Sometimes to keep once tequila, never again Never tequila. again, never again. Well. <laughs> and we also just, I mean, we really do just like have happy hour in a studio. So yes. it's just me and my friend talking about squirrels, Shit, which is happened this week. Things <laughs> that happen. Stuff that we rarely talk about men a lot. Yes. For better and mostly for worse. Yes. If you haven't heard our show. Yes. We put together a little montage of some of our some of our interests. <laughs> Fun times, <laughs> hanging out in Les Stoud. That's French. <laughs> For the Stoud. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And this is another round with Heaven and Tracy. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. <laughs> Learning and unlearning. How people perceive you, how people take you in just initially. We talk a lot about self-care on the show, too. Like, how do we take care of ourselves when it's just, like, too much? Out of nowhere comes this squirrel 
with no cooth. Uncouth squirrel. Tracy's Animal Corner. <laughs> There's no question in your mind that penguins have souls until you've seen a penguin cry. Oh my gosh. You have not known sorrow. <laughs> Ally is an action, not an identity. Yes. Once you are woke, you will be uncomfortable forever. Right. <laughs> I would love to buy around four fine ass. Sexy ass Stephen Colbert with this uh, new beard. Yes. Oh my what God. What is he doing to me? <laughs> is this Jason Bateman character oh named? I'm nervous. Conrad Valmont <laughs> or Brooks Buffington? <laughs> oh my God. These names. First lady of the city of New York, Shirley McRae. Crystal from The Reed. Ah! Kaya Thomas, Teak Milan, Miss Leanne LaHavis is here. Roxanne Gay. Oh my God. The one and only Jay Smooth. Audie Cornish, host of NPR's All Things Considered. The question that we like to start off with for all of our guests is what do you do and why? I see myself as a change maker. I co host Marie. So that's our show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, as you heard, can everybody still hear me? Yeah, you can. Okay, um, as you heard, the first question that we like to ask everybody is what do you do and why? So we're going to answer the same question for the first time. Usually we're the one asking the question. Um, So you heard a little bit about what we do. Why do we do it? Heaven, why do we do what we do? So basically, we were kind of stuck at BuzzFeed. We were having these conversations. Sometimes they were working on the website. Sometimes they weren't. But we found ourselves wanting to have the kind of conversations we have about race, but also about just silly things. Right. In a way that was a little more intimate, in a way that was a little more conversational. And also in a way that wouldn't have us dealing with a bunch of, um, oh my God, this is racist right. things Right, we are a the, very white site. <laughs> a hugely white site. And white people get very uncomfortable when you talk about race. Which is fine with us, you know. Right, but we wanted to create a little space where that wasn't affecting our work. Right. It became clear to me that Another round is a product of BuzzFeed, but I know very little about BuzzFeed other than sometimes seeing a Facebook article with a really catchy title like, This mother gave birth to a three-headed tarantula, but what happened next will shock you. To find out more about BuzzFeed and what it's all about, I talked to somebody who's a little bit more of an expert than I am. But what I found will leave you breathless. Hi, I'm Eleanor Kagan, and I produce Another Round. I think specifically for BuzzFeed, uh, diversity is a core value for the company as a whole. They have a really great diversity doctrine. It basically lays out in really clear language why diversity is so important to BuzzFeed. And it's this idea that you as a white person, and I say white because white voices dominate the media, you cannot accurately represent all experiences and all viewpoints of people in the world. And if your goal is to have a massive audience, it is good for your business to have lots of voices of lots of backgrounds and experiences speaking to other people who share that identity. It's I mean, it's just a fact. And so uh, beyond that, though, BuzzFeed is really dedicated to not hiring just one person of any particular like race or ethnicity or gender or religion or sexual orientation, disability, socioeconomic background, because having a diversity of voices within all of those identities means a diversity of viewpoints will be, you know, go into the work. And no one should ever have to be the only one in the room, you know, like there should never be one person of color in a newsroom or in a media organization expected to represent 
the viewpoints of that entire one entire group. Um, so I think the idea here at BuzzFeed is to have a lot of people who fall under a particular identity, all doing work, representing all the vast different experiences of anyone with a particular identity. Also, we do it because there's not a lot of us doing it. Tracy has listened to zero podcasts. I don't listen. That's not entirely true. She listens to hours. I beg her to listen to hours. I listen to hours because we have to. I also listen to like three episodes of Serial, which is great, but I just don't have the attention span to anyway. Um, and the reason that I never listen to podcasts is because I just assumed that it was like national public radio, just like a bunch of white dudes sitting around talking about hedge funds and finance, whatever, <laughs> whatever white Whatever white about. people talk about when we're not around. Right. <laughs> hedge funds. <laughs> this email that we got, I'm going to read it out loud. It says, Heaven and Tracy, thank you for validating the f out of me as a black girl. That's the entire, that's the entire that's email. The whole email. She didn't say anything else. That's all. But I mean, that's really that's like it. all that's she it. had to say. Because I mean, it's also like Stacey Marie Ishmael, who we heard in the opening clip saying, you can't be what you can't see. I never figured that this was a thing that I could be because I've never seen one of us before. It's a pretty good answer as That's to what why we do and why. Quickly, we wanted to play another clip of a conversation that we had with NPR's Gene Demby. He heads up the Code Switch blog, which is their race and gender and stuff blog. Race and ethnicity blog. There you go. That's it. Um, we had a conversation about the whiteness of the public radio voice. We will play that for you now. But I also think that there is more space for people like Tracy and totally. y'all, I mean, which y'all doing, to make podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's like, this is the thing. Like, one of the big problems that public radio faces is, like, okay, so it's super white, right? It's not very brown. It's not like brown people ain't listening to the radio. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you go to, like, Chicago or Philadelphia, there's incredible market penetration on, like, you know, on urban radio or whatever. Like, you have to... That, there's an audience out there that is, that is already listening to the radio, that already has the radio on, that is engaged, that has personalities that they like to listen to or whatever, whatever. But they, you have to find other ways to meet people where mm. they are. When we say diversity, we mean brown people and brown voices, especially brown women of color, because there are even fewer of us brown than there are. Color. <laughs> brown well, women, women of color. <laughs> the point is, you need to create spaces where brown people feel like they, have, they can have meaningful conversations and meaningful contributions to the work that you're doing. Right. And it's not just having one woman Right. who's a part of your team, but who could feel alienated or exactly. doesn't feel comfortable. It's not about filling a quota. It's about creating a space where we see ourselves reflected in the things that you do, because that is what will keep us listening to you and paying attention to you and not talking bad about you behind your back. <laughs> um, how do you diversity? Look at this guy. He doesn't know. He has no idea. He looks like he podcasts. He... <laughs> About finance, about hedge funds. <laughs> yes. Hedge fund hedge podcaster funds. right there. Um, here's how you diversity, guys. Number one, try. Just try. Um, Seek out brownness I and brown can't, people. As, oh, you can't overestimate how much the step is necessary. Just, just try. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be that flippant. Honestly, people talk a lot about diversity. That's our point. Like, this is a, a word that's thrown around a lot. A lot of media organizations will release their diversity numbers, and they state diversity is one of their values. Right. And but when like you ask them a follow-up question, like, what are you actually doing to achieve that, they give you a blank face. Yes. If you can't, you don't have to have the answer, but if you can't provide an answer to that question, that means you haven't thought about it. That means you're not trying. Yes. Um, also, a lot of corporations and 
things like to say, oh, well, we've tried and there just aren't any interested or qualified Lies. brown people out there. There's so many brown people out there, you know? And if that's a billions, thing that you believe, I would say. <laughs> perhaps billions. And if that's a thing that you believe, then it also means that you believe that the most qualified people happen to be white, which is problematic at best. <laughs> I asked Dan about the feedback that he got coming out of Podcast Movement 2014 that led him to be much more intentional about diversity coming into Podcast Movement 2015. Yeah, and it was diversity basically in all sense of the word. Quite honestly, it was you don't have enough females, which was true. We don't have enough minorities, which was true. Uh, we didn't have enough variety in terms of podcast genres represented. So really, that was the biggest takeaway and biggest focus of feedback we had after 2014 was just improve the diversity overall, not just diversity, how sometimes we think of it, but the overall everything about the event just needed to be more diverse. Yeah. And that was something I want to give you a lot of credit for because, you know, Heaven and Tracy talk about just trying, you know, that's where you start. You're just making an effort to be more diverse in the voices that you bring in. And I've seen you do that very intentionally. Like, you're kind of the driving force behind making sure that there's a lot of diversity in the voices. And I guess I'm interested in what was going on inside of you as you got that feedback and, and moved into Podcast Movement 2015. Well, and it's it's interesting because it was not and nothing was intentional the first year. Jared, myself, Gary and Mitch, as we were putting the first year 2014 together, we were just learning as we went. We had never put on any sort of event of this magnitude and quite honestly, any event of a smaller magnitude even. So we were really just kind of learning as we went. Once it wrapped up and once we started getting that feedback, we totally could see what people were saying. We had relied on mainly our own friends within the podcasting space to be speakers, to be participants, to, to be attendees at that first year event. So it was a lot of men a lot of people in the business podcast space, that's kind of the area where all of us had been at that time. So it really was no surprise that then that's what 2014 turned into was more of business focused podcasters and more of business focused topics and more men speaking. So we really just tried to be intentional about about making sure we looked outside of our circles of influence and outside of our circle of friends and acquaintances within podcasting to then in 2015 really make it just a more well-rounded event. So that's what we did. We stepped outside of our comfort zones and started connecting with different people that we maybe didn't know, uh, you know, everyone from the Radiotopias to the WNYCs to NPRs and all these different groups that were just completely outside the group that we had normally been associating with. We just started making those connections to really try to figure out what else is going on out there. I mean, we, we could see, you can see and hear what else is going on out there, but what kind of level of participation can we get from those types of people that are on the outside uh, from, you know, from last year's event. And that was really our biggest focus in 2015 was to just make those connections and then gauge their level of interest in being a part of it. Dun, dun, dun. New announcement, breaking news. Heaven and Tracy are going to be at Podcast Movement 2016, along with Anna Sale of WNYC's Death, Sex and Money and many, many other amazing speakers and podcasters from all around the world. Join us. Go to podcastmovement.com. Get your tickets. Chicago this July. Get your hotel. Follow everything that's going on on Twitter at Podcast Movement and on Facebook in the Podcast Movement group. Look forward to seeing you there. Step two, expand your personal horizons. 
meet some brown people, <laughs> talk to them. Um, no, them I mean, honestly, right. like engage in pop culture that's different from what you're used to seeing. I know all of your pop culture references. Oh my gosh, I've seen two I don't know if you know all of mine. I know mine. the whole plot, I swear <laughs> yes. to God. Insane. White people love friends. I don't get it, I get it. Um, but yeah, expanding your personal horizons means in your personal life, in the pop culture you consume, in the things you're watching, in the people you're talking to, right. in the books you're reading. And also, like in the workplace, when you're hiring for a job, seek out listings that cater to brown people, HBCUs, for example. Um, just, again, it comes back to trying. That's the thing. <laughs> try. Um, step three, do it. Just try, guys. <laughs> just try. Please do it. Put forth an honest, concerted effort. Another question, why should you diversity? It will keep you relevant. Let's be honest. Okay, Relevancy. see this face? <laughs> this is the face that we and other people like us make when we see an all yes. white face. <laughs> Me IRL. And when we see people who are okay with all white spaces, this is, what we, this is what we think of you. The world is changing, and if you want to be relevant in this world, you gotta include us. You <laughs> your have to. content should cater to and keep in mind yes. people who are not just white dudes. Another reason, capitalism. Money. Everybody <laughs> likes money. Oh my gosh. Um, there is a huge untapped audience of people who are not represented in this world who don't listen because, again, they don't see themselves reflected in the things that podcasts do. And a lot about. of the emails that we get are basically people saying, I never would have thought to listen to podcasts because it's just a bunch of white dudes and I assumed it wouldn't be interesting to me. So the fact that we're bringing in new podcast listeners yes. speaks to the fact that this audience is really untapped. Absolutely. Is anybody familiar with the podcast The Read, hosted by Crystal West and Kid Fury? Okay. Ooh, ow, ow. They have over 200,000 listeners a month. This oh, is every episode. Every episode, excuse me. <laughs> so a week. A week. So that is an example of the potential. Just think of what you could do. Look at all that money you're right, throwing away. All of this money could be yours. I love the blackish kids so much. I know, they're sweet. <laughs> Is it a matter of being colorblind or is it a matter of being intentional about recognizing the varied experiences that other people have and maybe experiences that are not as privileged as the experience that I've had? Because I feel a tension between those two things that makes me super awkward and seem like a weirdo. Um, yes, I think that we do need to recognize that people have had different experiences because of the history of the world and because of patriarchy and because of systems of oppression, we do not all have the same experiences. And a lot of that has to do with biological factors like race, who you're born to, where you're where you are born, what class you are born into. I think a lot of these things that we have no control over give us different life experiences. And to go in go through life colorblind, as you say, is only going to hold up those systems of oppression. So yes, we should recognize that we have different experiences and listen to people who have experiences that are different than ours because we can only learn from them and we as humans, I guess, can only get better and improve our lives if we listen to a vast number of experiences. What happens when you diversity? Your show gets better. Facts. <laughs> when you just include different ways to look at things, you can have different conversations about things that keeps it interesting, that will keep people listening to you. Your audience grows. Like it, we mentioned, money. Right. <laughs> um, you help solve racism, kind of, okay. You personally help solve racism. <laughs> 
Because I mean, the the whole sil being a brown person who has silenced things kind of old. We're kind of over it. A little uh, over it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> we would love to have more microphones to have access to. Um, you know, it's just something different. You know, maybe let some brown folks talk. Maybe. Um, you will look, look great, great. Personally, you'll be glowing. People will look at your show and say, oh my gosh. That person's they have great. They brown people on this show. <laughs> I love it. This is a good person. We put that one last because that shouldn't be the reason you're doing things. Right. But, but some people need but that sometimes, motivation. You know, you need that little push. Okay. You will look fantastic. Okay. <laughs> um, is there a question, a litmus test that we can give ourselves that will help decide whether or not we're operating from a place of openness and diversity or a place of bias and privilege? Hmm. You are. We are. Yes. Yes, we are. That is, I, I guess, understanding that yes, we always are is the litmus test, mm. right? And that's a good question. I like that question. Um, but I think the question becomes and the litmus test becomes, are we making room for voices and for perspectives that are different than ours, or in addition to that, different from the other voices on this show. One hurdle to overcome with diversity is recognizing that we don't feel like we're not being diverse. You know, we always feel like we're open to people, like we don't have bias. Recently, I met Shannon Kaysen, and Shannon is a fantastic storyteller and a podcaster with the Homemade Stories podcast. Shannon and I actually have something in common. We both came up through blue collar work, and in fact, he used to work at a plumbing distributor that I've actually been to many times. Shannon shares his experience of being in a situation that was not diverse and how that lack of diversity really did hold him back in ways that you really wouldn't expect. Hi, my name is Shannon Kaysen. I worked at a plumbing wholesale company in Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan is a predominantly black city. I was the only black man working in the region. I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> Many times I use that kind of opportunity to stand out and, and give a different perspective. And I remember we went out for a drink one day and we were talking about demanding customers and how warehouse issues. And after that, the conversation turned to NASCAR, deer hunting, and cabins up north. I didn't really have a breadth of knowledge about any of those topics. I'm just a, a city kid from Detroit, so I really didn't really know about those topics. I love learning and listening to new things, so I, I just listened in. And after a time frame, I felt like I can chime in on something, so I say, you know, I remember my grandmother took me up north to Mackinac Island to the Lilac Festival, and no one seemed to really care about that conversation. Everybody just ordered another drink and it kind of just drifted off into space. It's an uncomfortable place to feel isolated at work and not have certain connections. At the job, it kind of went the same way. I wasn't connecting. Uh, my mistakes seemed like they were magnified, but we would take these long orders and you'll miss some things, you know, and the mistakes that I made seemed like they were larger than life. You know, other people can kind of gloss over a mistake or just kind of like laugh about it or crack a joke because of familiarity or, or connection. And I didn't have that. So 
it got to the point where I was put on a 90 day probation. I never really had any bad reviews or anything like that. I, I remember I moved with my new wife closer to this job. So I didn't tell her about the probation and I was, I was nervous about it. So I started looking for new jobs. And then a new job came and it wasn't my job. My wife had got a promotion and the promotion was in Chicago, Illinois. And I had to go into my boss who had put me on probation and ask him for this transfer. And it was challenging to get the transfer. He said, um, there was really no positions for me available in Chicago. And that if I was to move to Chicago, I would have to take a demotion from inside sales to counter sales. And I was looking for new jobs anyway, so I took the job in counter sales because it's better to have a job than no job. And I moved to Chicago, and I remember when I started up, it was totally different in Chicago. I went into the building, and it was a really diverse situation. You had men, women, Latino, black, white, uh, seniors, younger people forklifts whizzing by, order pickers high up in the air, racks up to the ceiling, 15 trucks out front just right in front of the building. And I remember I, the, my manager, he was a black man, he shook my hand, showed me to the counter and said, do a good job. And I did. I was making good connections with the people in the warehouse, customers, cracking jokes with them, having fun and making good sales. And after a time on the counter, I remember my boss came back out to me and we walked in front of the building and we were talking right in front of that rows of, of trucks. And he was saying that um, he was skeptical about initially hiring me because of the bad report I had from my, my former boss. But he was happy to see the improvement in my, in my performance. And he was telling me that there was a position opening up for shipping manager and he wanted me to take that position. I had never had any experience with managing 15 union drivers, but he said he'd think I'd do a good job. And I think I did. I went into the shipping management position and that shipping manager, that's like one of the most important positions. Everyone in the company knows you, all the salespeople know you, all the top management knows you. Every part that has to get the customers in all of Chicagoland comes through me. I mean, it's a big deal. We shipped all the Kohler parts to uh, the Trump Tower, so it's a really big deal. And I remember uh, wanting more challenge. So after the shipping position, I asked for another position and they put me back into sales. And I worked in sales for six months. Then I got my own facility, so I had my own building with my own shipping trucks and, and everything. I remember I was sitting in my manager meetings with my old boss who believed in me and he would mentor me on leadership, but we would also talk about the Bulls winning the game or we would talk about uh, places downtown that plays the best blues music. So those types of things where we would have a relationship. They had this corporate wide meeting. It was in another state. All the facility managers from all over the country were there. Las Vegas, San Francisco, Chicago, even Flint, Michigan. And I ran into my old boss, the guy who I didn't connect with and he gave me a bad review and, 
and put me on probation and, and gave me a bad recommendation. And I ran into him. And I had my own facility at this time. And mine was a lot bigger than he is. I was about three times the sales of his, his facility. And I remember we talked and we talked about the challenges of running our own plumbing wholesale company. And we related, finally. And it was, it was a cool experience. Just recently, Heaven and Tracy had Hillary Clinton on another round. And obviously, that's a pretty big deal to get the former Secretary of State on your podcast. I asked Eleanor about what that was like booking Hillary and what the experience was overall. It was an awesome experience. Um, it was, I mean, it was amazing because when we were in talks to book this interview, Team Hillary knew that Heaven and Tracy weren't like her number one fans. And they were like, that's great. Ask her hard questions. Like, don't hold back. That sort of like created a space where Heaven and Tracy did ask her hard questions. And I think they had a really great conversation. I don't know. I like felt really proud of uh, Heaven and Tracy in that moment of just like asking what they wanted to ask and, you know, looking a very powerful person in the eye and speaking their experiences that are true to themselves. And then, you know, to be able to be in that room felt very powerful. And then to release that to the world was very, very exciting. Um, we think that some of you may have some questions. So we took the uh, pleasure of asking them ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't seeking out specifically brown voices because they are brown racist? Answer. Beyonce no. says no. Beyonce says no. Not at all. Um, it would be maybe racist if there weren't billions of other white spaces on the planet right. that we've been kept out of forever. <laughs> right. You know, if you can't see yourself reflected in our podcast, you've got a slew of others. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. Um, I had a brown person on my show once. That's enough, right? Answer. Michelle Obama no. says no. <laughs> Michelle says no. I hope we don't have to expound. This is the <laughs> I have a black friend argument. Yes. Which, if you have a black friend, that's cool, but you're also probably racist for having one black friend. I still don't quite understand why I should diversity. My podcast is doing well, and my colorless world is just fine. This is what Spike Lee thinks of you. <laughs> not into it. <laughs> not into it. I mean, there's no reason not to, really. You can, it can only help you. You can only help yourself by diversitying. <laughs> I'm afraid that my current listeners will, t will turn away from me if I bring in too many voices they can't relate to. Should I steal diversity? Answer. What? <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's relatability is this word that comes up a lot. We often don't relate to the pop culture that's given to us, but somehow you tell us it's a universal story mm. and we, mm. we buy along that story. And we're mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can get something out okay. of this. Um, also, occasionally we can manage to connect to other humans, <laughs> right. even if they don't look like us. It's a thing that you can do. You know, it's very possible. Right. So, yeah, relatability can be this like Scrooge word that gets thrown into this conversation. But honestly, if you feel like you can't relate to the content specifically for people of color. I think that's a little more internal soul searching you need to do. Maybe therapy. Could also <laughs> Maybe help. therapy. Perhaps. Consider it, that's all I'm saying. I've tried to book guests of color, but the only ones who bite are white folks. What do I do? I just want to just love this gif so much. It's just a sea of 
unapproving brown folks. Um, so what you do in this situation is, again, coming back to the main point, try, like keep yeah. trying. Change. The thing is, it might be more work than you're used to. Like if your circle, as we've established, is just a crew of white dudes or whatever, <laughs> um, you're gonna have to do, put in a little more effort to step outside of that circle. You're gonna right. have to find these organizations that uh, people of color, like National Association of Black Journalists. You mm -hmm. can find a lot of people in that for anything. And you should also remember that change is not easy. Change is hard, it'll take a lot of time, it'll take a lot of being frustrated. Um, a lot of should, awkward conversations. Yeah, commit to being awkward and uncomfortable. Yes. We, we live in discomfort every day, and we're still alive. So prove You'll be that right. you can be uncomfortable <laughs> and still make it. And also remember that there are a lot of us out there. There are so many brown people. Billions. <laughs> there really so is just, literally billions. Just keep working at it, keep trying. In conclusion, Shia LaBeouf says, <laughs> Just do it. Just try. Please try. There's money in it for you. You'll look amazing. Um, also, have fun. Um, I feel like a lot of people who, again, don't spend a lot of time thinking and talking about race, you know, it's not a comfortable thing. It's kind of stressful. You know, people died because of racism, and it's kind of a heavy topic. But you can still have fun. You can still have a good podcast. Look at how much fun we're having. We have fun look at that. every week. Having a ball. Um, drinking does help. <laughs> if you can. Get some bourbon in your life. Also drink, that helps. <laughs> but I think that's uh, That concludes How to Diversity. Yeah, that's how you do it. Big thanks to Tracy in Heaven. Thank you to Eleanor. Thank you to Shannon Kaysen. Check out his podcast by looking up Homemade Stories on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. want to remind you, go to podcastmovement.com, get your tickets. Also, thank you to Dan Franks, Jared Easley, and the entire Podcast Movement team for helping out with this. And go out there and just try to be diverse, why don't you? Have a good one. See you next time.